All right, let's, now we're actually recording. Awesome. So Google searches with Brock this time, not Zek. On Podmosh. On Podmosh. So I figured there, there is two TikToks I wanted to show you okay. on here and see if I can pull it up. You're in luck. I love TikTok. I think everybody loves I actually TikTok. hate TikTok. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? I wonder if it, hopefully it's saved. I downloaded it today for the first time. Today. Really? S- swear. And I only downloaded it so that I could get informational stuff on it, not because I wanted to be entertained. I was actually mad when I downloaded it. I told Kaylee, I was like, I do not want to be doing this right now. This is the one. Okay, there's two. So this one. So put me on. There we go. All right. So COVID, that's a great cover picture. There no. So this is all right. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy, the critical thinking project. Okay. Uh, this popped up on my feed because all my freaking TikToks are all about COVID and conspiracy theories. I mean, conspiracy it's, it's a, talk is what I'm on, basically. I mean, it's not a little subject, so. And this guy, I'm going to show you, uh, breaks down some very interesting concepts on why we are where we are today. Okay. So let's just watch. Let's hear him talk. Is this going to be coming through or not? I think, yeah, I think it was turned down a little bit. It, it wasn't turned down all the way on the. It's coming through here? Yeah, I was only coming through the TV. HDMI. I definitely don't think that it would be picked up from that. Was it supposed to be coming through our headphones as well? through here, and this is recording through here. Well, good thing you'll be able to show me how to edit. Let me see. Okay, so it's not there. Oh, I heard that. Oh, I know you did. That was a good one. There's a volume button on the back of there. Crank that sucker, and I'm going to turn these. How much? Let's see. What do you think it'll... Oh, there you go. That'll work. Okay, 58. I want to be on an even number. To turn this up. So just don't say anything. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is cranked. <laughs> All right, here we go. Take to solve problems like this. More critical thinking or more trigonometry? How about this? More critical thinking or more quadratic equations? And this... Everyone agrees that critical thinking is very important to make better decisions and to tell when someone is trying to manipulate us, like a politician or a pundit or an advertisement. But how exactly do we teach that? I'm a former teacher, and I've been thinking a lot about critical thinking skills. In other subjects, the skills are very clearly defined. Like in math, you start with counting and work your way up. So what are the building blocks for critical thinking? It seems unclear, like you just start with discussion, then say, go do critical thinking. But how? So I thought of some specific skills like distinguishing fact from opinion, correlation versus causation, logical fallacies, assessing credibility and bias, detecting deceptive use of statistics, and knowing the experimental method versus anecdotal evidence. So these are all taught, right? Mm. Looking at the curriculum requirements in the U.S., this is how many standards require each skill. Most of them are in only one to three standards, But for comparison, quadratic equations are required in 14 standards. Now, I know there are good teachers who do teach this more often, and good textbooks too. But if it's not required by the standards, how many students are really learning this? Looking at the actual classroom data, fact and opinion is taught less than homonyms, and fallacies are taught even less than that. But look at how much quadratic equations are taught. Now, I'm not picking on math. On the contrary, math is the role model for how we should be teaching critical thinking. 
you don't just do a single unit on fallacies or fact versus opinion. It's a skill you need to practice over and over every year, just like math. And if critical thinking is at least as important as math, shouldn't it be taught at least as much? Now, this is no fault of the teachers. Their job requires them to teach the standards. So we need to change the standards or the state curriculum or the school curriculum. But I understand this is a difficult choice. Adding more requirements means we have to take away some. But if there's parts of the curriculum that students rarely use or remember beyond school, then we probably need to question the value of that. To paraphrase a proverb, teach someone a lesson they learn for a day. Teach someone to think they learn for a lifetime. So if you know any teachers or school leaders, please share this video with them. Copy the link right now. Also, go to Critical Thinking Project. Interesting, huh? Yeah, it is interesting. I think that even more than what he was saying, I think that just his example of of how, looking into critical thinking, I think he gave an example of how to critical think. Because I think that when I think of critical thinking, I think of questioning things. I think mm-hmm. not not necessarily questioning them with the uh, with the connotation of like of necessarily thinking anything's wrong mm-hmm. or anything, but questioning it as in just asking questions yeah. of and and coming to an answer. But still questioning that answer. Yes, but he he made a very interesting, which I didn't really think about before. Which it makes sense how how much we're taught about critical thinking, which is next to nothing. We're 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 kind of not taught anything about critical thinking um, in in schools in school compared yeah. to math, which I get. Like math is important; it's, it's very logical. It has patterns. Like that's yeah. why we learn that stuff. Um, but then we get into a world today where. Uh, People don't know how to think for themselves. And we're seeing that all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. On both sides. And this isn't just left or right politically. It's for sure. well, across it's, the it's, board. I think it's I think that it's I think that it's taught uh, less on average because it is more sticky territory to get into because it is it's hard to to straddle the or not straddle, but it's hard to uh, to tiptoe the line of of not throwing your own bias when teaching critical thinking, I think. Mm. Like, because with math, it's X plus Y equals Z, you know, like it's, it's very black and white. It's very easy to teach. I mean, Unless in, it's common core. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the language art, the language arts and stuff like that is, yeah. is, is, is it, because it depends on what uh, curriculum you're teaching or the, what, or the teacher is or who the teacher is yeah. or, or what books they're, they're, you know, they're having people read or the kids read or whatever. Um, But I think that with critical thinking, it's almost, it's. I know he he laid out a perfect process of of how you would do that. Ah, sorry, but his process was a little bit. It was a it it seemed a little bit more complicated than than um that I feel like it's complicated and that's the why that's why it's not as broadly taught because it is more complicated to teach that. It's more complicated to teach critical thinking. Yes, but it might just be because we haven't taught it, and it might just, that might it might be a you know a, uh, kind of a a uh, I don't know what look like like it's it's I'm losing a phrase, but it 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 might be more just more difficult to teach it just because we're out of practice of doing it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the first kind of su- time I heard the subject of critical thinking was in EMT school. Um, my parents taught me to critical think my entire life growing up. So mm-hmm. it, how did they teach you to like, like, do you know, just do you think have any for yourself? Just question everything. Okay. Talking like learning about narratives and okay. fact versus opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, let, okay. What is the definition of critical thinking? Let's look at this real quick. To, so we can actually get a grasp on no, what, I, that's, you know what I'm saying. 
I love looking. I love looking at definitions of things because it really does break it down to the raw, raw form. Critical thinking is the analysis of facts to form a judgment. The subject is complex. Several different definitions exist, which generally include the rational, skeptical, and unbiased analysis or evaluation of factual evidence. Critical thinking is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored, and self-corrective thinking. Now, this is Wikipedia. So let's see if there's anything else. Let's see what Stanford says. Just one thing on that. Like, like it it does it that that definition right there does make it seem like it would be it would be a not simple, but it would be a, a feasible thing to teach yeah. since it's based on the facts to form a judgment. It's not based on that judgment. Mm, yep. The the process thereof. The process, yeah. Um, according to no, let's not do Wiktionary. I feel like that's a part of the Wikipedia <laughs> branch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, Why don't you just... Uh, that's what you think? Let's do Cambridge. Let's do it. I think you should donate to Wikipedia. Did so you ever get that? <laughs> yes, I got those. <laughs> let's, let's do what Cambridge, Cam, the Cambridge English Dictionary says. Okay. Um, the process of thinking carefully about a subject or idea without allowing feelings or opinions to affect you, which is biases. But as we all know, there is no such thing as getting rid of all inerrant biases. Biases, Especially for with children. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's kind of the definition of thinking for oneself about a subject or idea and without putting your emotions into it. Can you? Can people separate their emotions, which technically is their worldview, which we kind of have grown up, grown up in a world where the world, if your worldview is attacked then your identity is attacked and that's why we don't critical well yeah you you they look at it as one as as that's you your World opinions are a, you yeah and that's it's it, opinions change like with more well, data are our opinions the same as worldview our opinions the same as worldview i th- i would say your opinions I would say your opinions add up to genuine or generally add up to your worldview mm-hmm. like i would say your opinions uh, as a as a mass add up to what you view the world as okay so now after all that we just talked about let's watch this video so mass formation psychosis is what this is called yeah The term mass formation psychosis trended over the weekend with so many searches it broke the internet. When people went to search for the term on Google, a couple of strange things happened. Some people saw this odd disclaimer from Google saying the results were changing quickly and that it would take time for results to be added by reliable sources. What does this even mean? I thought when you Googled something, it would bring up sites relating to the topic. Why would Google need time to add results by quote unquote reliable sources? Sounds like they're censoring search results. Well, a few hours later, when people searched for the term, a bunch of sites began to pop up claiming it was a new far right buzzword or one attributed to anti-vaxxers. So what is mass formation psychosis? Well, the term came recently from the Joe Rogan, Dr. Robert Malone interview that aired this past Friday. And this leads into this whole issue of mass formation psychosis. There's good modeling studies that probably half a million excess deaths have happened in the United States through the intentional blockade of early treatment by the U.S. government. But was also heard and explained in more detail during Dr. Peter McCullough's interview with Rogan. We're in what's called a mass formation psychosis. This is very important. I give credit to Dr. Matthias Desmet in the University of Ghent in Belgium, and recently Dr. Mark McDonald, psychiatrist from LA. Mark McDonald's got a new book out, 
the United States of Fear, describing how the mass psychosis developed. What your listeners need to know is a mass psychosis is when there is a group think that develops that's so strong that it leads to something horrific. And the examples are these mass suicides that occur in these religious cults. The example is Nazi Germany, when people walk into gas chambers or gas, these horrific things. And, and four elements here, it's very important, Joe. First, there must be a period of prolonged isolation, lockdowns. Number two, there must be a, a, a withdrawal of things taken away from people that they used to enjoy. That's happened. Number three, there must be constant, incessant, free-floating anxiety. Number four, there must be a single solution offered by an entity in authority. The solution was vaccination. So I'm not trying to jump into like uh, vaccination is the mass psychosis formation that he's talking about. But that the fact that the definitions are always changing now where you can't even look up something on the Internet without it first being vetted by whether AI or big tech where um, even what was that other definition that was recently changed? There was another big definition that was recently changed yeah, I know, online. I, know talking about. Um, I can't, I can't think of it, but it is, it is, it's a slippery slope of, of cha- how fast language can be changed. Mm-hmm. And, and the, because if you're in a, even just like one-on-one, if you're on in a conversation with somebody and you say you are using a word that they think that it's a means a different thing. It, oh yeah. It, it, that's a, that's a little example of it being like you, that other person's not going to get the full understanding of yes. what you're saying because they don't, they're, they're not understanding how you're using that word. Yes. And, and that's how it that's takes, a, it takes coming from the other person's perspective to change some of your wording so that you can understand where they're coming absolutely. from. Absolutely. And if you keep, and if the person that's talking just keeps changing, like if they just keep changing what their meanings are, then the person is never going to understand. They're, they're never going to, and it's going to give, it's going to give, get, turn into a headache. It's going to turn into, and that's kind of what, what has been going on with like, with, um, a, just so many, so many different words. It's just been a slippery slope of, of, um, vocabulary. It really has. And he mentioned groupthink. Have you gone down that rabbit hole or understood or been part of something where groupthink has greatly swayed who you are or decision that you made? Um, well, I've kind of always been a go with the flow type of guy. No, I've always the opposite. I've kind of always been the uh, canary in the coal mine type, um, of like, uh, I've been, I would kind of, since everybody's thinking a certain type of thing, I would usually be like, why is everybody thinking like what what's the why what's why is the reason why everybody's thinking that is it a good reason is it is mm. it it usually gives me pause almost so why are you like that then because that's not normal ladies i think i was i think I, I think i was raised like that to be honest with you i think my 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 father kind of questioned everything that i did to to a almost extreme extent mm. He was, he, I mean, he was a, a MP, military police officer, mm. and was an interrogator. And so I think that he kind of like put that in my head that it's question, every, like question everything, even if it's even to an unhealthy degree. Yeah. It almost makes me not have any trust know, for anything. Well, not necessarily <laughs> trust because, but it's almost like uh, concrete opinions, mm. you know, which I think is a good thing. But it also can be kind of unstable. <laughs> Scoot up a little bit so you're not in the uh, your chair up a little bit if you can. I was just trying to get you in the, in the window there. 
Yeah, but that's. I would rather it be like that. Absolutely, than the group, opposite. Groupthink is dangerous. That's why. I'm, that's why I was saying that. That makes me have pause because that's very for everyone to think a certain thing is very uncomfortable for me. It's very like there must there's something that's not there's something over there's an overlord that's not right like that it's not it's it seems like they're almost in a trance sometimes like people like when they're in in the middle of groupthink is that what you're talking about mm-hmm. like oh yeah like when 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 that mass the mass psychosis or mm-hmm. the mass, mass formation si- mass, mass psychosis formation mass i wonder what the definition of that now is it comes from a like a um a uh psychologist in the netherlands i believe well, they got a substack on it so that it's not okay so the definition is with dr malone they actually have to be like the original mass formation psychosis talk about that but it definitely seems like almost like a trance it it, it seems like um stepford or uh stepford wives like that's what it kind of seems like to me. Like what's that one again? Where where it's just like the uh it's the um it's the it's like a sub it's like a suburban like almost like a uh what is it called? It's uh not a where everything's perfect. What is that called? I'm losing my Utopia? Utopia. It's like a suburbia suburbia utopia where all the it's like just a bunch of stay-at-home moms that are claim everything is perfect and everything is in complete symbiote symbiosis and and um where it's like the 1950s mm. where it's just like it has this peachy like vibe to it where everything but it it, it almost seems like it's a trance it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a you know it's it's it's, it's psychosis mm-hmm. I mean, that's the best way to describe well, it that's what groupthink is is yeah. a psych- psychological phenomenon this is wikipedia uh, that occurs within a group of people in which the desire for harmony or conformity in the group results in an irrational, dysfunctional decision-making outcome. Cohesiveness or the desire for cohesiveness in a group may produce a tendency among its members to agree at all costs. This causes the group to minimize conflict and reach a consensus. I'm not going to lie to you. That's what kind of scared me about Christianity when I was oh, yeah. younger. Well, you can get that no matter where you are. Well, you yeah, get that in Christianity, I, you get I, that in I, Buddhism, I, you get that in whatever it is. Absolutely. And I grew up in a, I, I went from kinder, kin, preschool to fourth grade. It was completely yeah. Christian school where yeah. it was church every, or it was mass or not mass, but it was, uh, there, there, it was church every, every week, every Friday or something. We had, we went into the chapel and it just, it, it seemed like that kind of same, like, like where everyone was, everyone was in a trance. That's what yeah, it seemed like there's to me. There's a, there's a balance between, um, like critically thinking in the society, like societies and communities, like having a healthy community mm-hmm. of people that you're in that isn't manipulation. Absolutely. And I see, I've seen churches do both. I've seen churches and groups, and no matter, no matter, it, it, that's everywhere. That's using no using, matter what type of society or community that you're in, the mass has the tendency to groupthink in, into manipulation. Yeah. When they're not using the the text as a way to as a set of fundamentals to live your life, and they're using it to to maybe gain monetary or gain gain money or gain or or using it yeah. as a replacement of a social social life for like they're 
when they when they lean on the fundamentals that are in that the text or whatever whatever religion mm-hmm. it is, then that's when you get the most out of it. It's it's not it's not when you're caught up in the that pastor that's standing in front of me is is directly talking to God and and he's the he's the uh the seance and he's the he's the know all he knows more than I am. No, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a community of mm-hmm. of where you treat each other the way you would like to be treated where you know where where it's without it getting to manipulation exactly so how do you balance that i guess how would critical a group, thinking okay but how would a, a group critically think within group think it seems like it's more personality specific yeah for sure then like finding that one silver bullet for it yeah it's i think it's I think it's communication. I think that's what I think that it's 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 tr- I think it's truth. That's uh, communicating honestly. I think that's what it is. Communicating honestly. I think communicating honestly. But if you communicate honestly, then you're not part of the group think. Well, that's isn't that right. what we're trying to get out of? Yes. Yes. I had a train of thought there. You're saying inside the group think, how do, you're saying how inside the group think, how do you critically think within that group think which i think that if you're mm. critically thinking you're not in the group think yeah you know i yeah. think that it kind of bursts that bubble of because once you're critically thinking then a group think isn't isn't part of the process of crit- critical thinking it's 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 kind of anti group think so what i've seen also a lot is let's say talk about the vaccine just like how they were um you have you have group think on both sides of the aisle you have both group you're talking bo- about like like uh like left and right left and right vaccine okay. or non-vaccine okay. or like you, you we're seeing tribal yeah we're seeing the far right say that it's chips that yeah. everybody the government's trying to control your brain that there's a magnet or you can yeah. just stick a magnet on your neck and then we have the far left that says this is the only way to get out of this pandemic and both are in that confirmation bias which is kind of what group think is it's that confirmation bias um which is also what social media does I don't know if you've ever watched The Social Dilemma, but yeah, fascinating Absolutely. concepts about confirmation bias and how social media puts you into what you want to see, which further deepens you, which gets more engagement, which um, gets them more money and more control, supposedly. So if we it's have... A big, it's a big marketing plea. Oh, yeah. Oh, you storage. I think I got to delete something. We're still on the right. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about getting my sisters to watch the social, the social dilemma. dilemma because really? yeah, they're, they're, uh, one's about to turn 15 and then one is 13. They want to pause. Okay. So we were talking about group think. Oh, there's echo. Get that echo out. Talk about group think, but, uh, how to get out of it. And we talk about how that's critical thinking and then critical thinking is not taught at all comparatively. Yeah in our schools compared to something like math, which I get, we understand math, but it's like that one guy, one video showed it to be, was it 13 times more math is taught in in other groups and subjects than something like critical thinking, which for me, just like learning how to think for yourself is the most important thing. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think that, that, it should come natural. Like it should, it should, as parents, we're both parents and as parents, we should be just, we, it's kind of our responsibility to engrave that into our, into the next generation that 
critical thinking is kind of what makes you who you are because you're able when when you're critical thinking you're constantly forming new thoughts and new opinions and new avenues and new mm-hmm. you're opening up your your mind to so many different things and I feel like it should just be a, a natural process. And if you also just take immediately at face value whatever you see and hear like you're just setting yourself up for manipulation. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, absolutely. Because what I it, that kind of leads to what I was going to say next was is that beyond critical thinking i think that we need to as a society i know it's kind of it 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 kind of sounds um like i'm trying to be mr perfect over here but um we all need to strive to just be more on like more honest and more compassionate and more and more caring about what the truth actually is rather than rather than trying to sway people certain ways because then critical thinking it come it would sure come into play absolutely but it would be a lot easier if if we weren't constantly being lied to or not even lied to but just like swayed in different ways well you, know? you said you said bring it like how we need to bring people back to understanding what the truth is right yes absolutely and that's interesting because that's really hard to do whenever you have something like we talked about last podcast for 3 hours which is relative truth <sighs> yes but when we're talking about when we're talking on the on in the lens of covid Mm-hmm. I think that it, it's narrowed down enough to where there are truths and there are not truths. Like with statistics, with with actually coming out with, um, I don't know, maybe like a standardized number of of people, like just just standardized st- statistics in general, just things that aren't constantly contradicting each other and constant. Like to where I go to the or go to look at the statistics and I'm like. I haven't gained anything from any of this knowledge because there's one statistic over here that's that's biased and another statistic over here that's biased and they're saying opposite things. Like I'm talking about those truths, like okay. being honest with with the um you know the message that's getting sent out to to us because it's the government of the people. We're the people. We're supposed to be knowing the exact same things that they're knowing, you know. And I feel like I think that if people understood and knew what everybody else knew, they'd go crazy. Well, I'm not talking about like, like aliens, not yet. But um, no, I'm, I'm just the thing that, that affect your daily life type thing, like COVID. Well, I mean, yeah. a thing that affect our, our daily life and a thing that affects our ability to carry on this life, like uh, our. I feel like we are COVID's not real. sound effects i got you (laughs) no i just feel like i mean we should get we should get off covid finish your thought so one i will end on this with covid whether covid's real or not (laughs) this is an example if covid wasn't real then we should know it shouldn't be a question. We should know. We should know if there was actually a, a disease out there killing millions of people. Like it shouldn't be, there should there be no reason for all of this, you know, um, talk about just all, all the stuff, all the buzz that's going around it. There, sh- there, there would be no reason for it if people were honest. If the people that, that we, that we elected and the people that we elected those people that got hired by the people that we elected, if, if those people were being honest with everything, then we wouldn't be in this dilemma. We would just be having opinion on one side, on the left and opinion on the right. And then they would, they would uh, fight it out and the better opinion would win and it would be obvious. 
And then we would move on from there, go on to the next thing, you know, like it's, it's, it shouldn't be this complicated. It shouldn't It really, we shouldn't have to be fishing through, through truths and, and lies and, and misinformation. And why do you think we're fishing through all that? Because I don't think people know how to be honest. I think that they have their own why, agendas. Okay. So then why do they have their own agendas? Uh, because there's billions of dollars of money, right? Absolutely. But if we just held ourselves to a higher standard, we could, we could hypothetically, (laughs) we could have a more honest society. We could. Is that the utopia that you would like an honest society? Don't you think people would just like hate each other if, if everybody was honest? I think that if everybody was honest, then you would judge what you hated somebody for, off that new that new balance you know like if if right now yeah because everybody's everybody's not honest so it'd be, it would come off as abrasive you would be if you're being honest now you're being abrasive or you're being over the top or you're being you know you're being you're calling somebody out no or, or i'm just being honest if i'm just being honest then it then it should remold the uh, the reaction that that honesty causes but a lot of times people in the guise of being honest are just trying to get at people because well, that's somebody not being honest. Yeah. That's but, not an honest motive. That's also not honest. Yeah. Sorry. But, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, it's fine. Whenever somebody is trying to quote unquote, because I've, I've done that in my own insecurities. Hey, just trying to be honest with you here, but <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And we've all been recipients of that. Absolutely. And some of that has helped us some, but a lot of that it depends how you take it, it as well. Well, it's all, it's also dependent upon where each, each person, the, the giver and the taker is at. Because but, but just because the giver, I don't think that that, I don't think that being honest would be that greatness that, that great for society. I don't, I don't think we will ever you, be there. Who is, who's having the conversation though? Are we just talking about two people on the street? One's kind of a little bit overweight and, um, and he's just trying to have a have a better day, and he goes up to somebody and he's saying, "Oh, do I look good in the shirt?" And they say, "No, you look like shit." Yeah, yeah that that didn't benefit either party right there. Yeah, that's a little bit different than the government, or or our president, or our representatives, or our senators being on being honest with the data that that we've paid them to collect, or at least that we've paid them to hire people to collect. Like to be honest is not being is not to be honest with people. People like want to feel safe. So like from a powers perspective, you think about this, um, you can't be honest with your constituents fully because the constituents don't want to know what's going on. That's why they elected somebody. They elected somebody to fix the things that are going yet yeah, that are going on in the world, right? And whether it's the United States or Africa or Germany, there is a person in power because it is the guise, the false sense of security, of safety for the people. Yeah. Because if the people ever understood and, and like truly wanted their leaders to be honest with them, um, then the feelings of safety and security would be non-existent. Well, then they need to talk less. Because That's still not a great solution, though. <laughs> no, because because if if they're not gonna if they can't be honest all the time, which I think that I, I don't I to me it, I'm not that sensitive when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I don't think that I think that they should be able to be honest, and we should still be able to have a civil and and um, cohesive society. Um, well, I agree, but 
if they can't be that honest, then I'm just asking them not to be dishonest. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fair. Like that's a fair uh, question. Right. But that will never happen. (laughs) Well, absolutely. will never, but never happen. But why power? Because if people understood, we're we're electing wrong people, then the election process is not correct. Like, like our, our previous condition, our previous podcast, uh, that is a human problem. And because we're human, that will never go away. That will never go away. I agree. And that's why we can't be socialists. <laughs> that's why we can't be a socialist. Con- I agree. That's yeah, that's I know. It's, I know. it's the truth. I know. But it's also the truth that you can put more resources. You, okay. So you can make those those offices like you can make the the governor's office or the 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 senator office or whatever whatever those offices are you can make those offices more desirable so that better people would want to be to be sitting in those those offices right now it's like it's like when you defund the police like if you defund the police you're going to get worse police officers because they're not going to you're not going to be able to pay somebody that is um properly trained or properly properly um you know, properly motivated mm-hmm. because they're 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 not going to want to have that job. So you're going to have worse police officers. It's the same thing. This Who is wants an to president. Interesting article here by Smith by the Smithsonian Magazine.com. This was written in 2012 by Christopher Shea or Shea. New research digs deeper into the social science behind why power brings out the best in some people and the worst in others. Power tends to corrupt, said Lord Acton, the 19th century British historian. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. His maxim has been vividly illustrated in psychological studies, notably the 1971 Stanford Prison Experiment, which was halted when one group of students arbitrarily assigned to serve as prison guards over another group began to abuse their wards. And if you haven't heard of this experiment, it's fascinating. Um, But new scholarship... But new scholarship is bringing fresh subtlety to psychologists' understanding of when power leads people to take ethical shortcuts and when it doesn't. Indeed, for some people, power seems to bring out their best. After all, good people do, do win elective office, says Catherine A. DeSellis, a professor of management at the University of Toronto, and no few business executives executives want to do good while doing well. When you give good people power, DeSella says, she wondered, are they more able than others to enact that moral identity to do what's right? In a study recently published in the Journal of Applied Psychology, DeSellis and her co-authors found that the answer is yes. People's sense of moral identity, the degree to which they thought it was important to, to their sense of self to be caring, compassionate, fair, generous, and so on, shaped their responses to feelings of power. DeSellis and her colleagues developed moral identity scores for two groups, 173 working adults and 102 undergraduates, by asking the participants to rate how important those ethically related at those ethically related attributes were to them. The researchers had some participants write an essay recalling an incident in which they felt powerful while others wrote about an ordinary day. Then the participants took part in lab experiments to probe how they balanced self-interest against the common good. The undergraduates were told they shared a pool of 500 points with other people and they could take between 0 and 10 points for themselves. The more they took, the better their odds of winning a $100 lottery. But if they took too many, there was no way of knowing what that tipping point was. The pot would empty and the lottery would be called off. The participants who had just written about an ordinary day 
each took roughly 6.5 points, regardless of their moral identity score. But among those who had been primed to think of themselves as powerful, the people who with low moral identity scores grabbed 7.5 points, and those with high moral identity scores took only about 5.5. In surveys, the last groups showed a greater understanding of how their actions would affect other people, which is crucial. Oh, it just skipped around. There it is. Yeah, right there. Uh, ah, stop it. <laughs> which is the crucial crucial mechanism, Desella says. Power led them to it take a broader, more communally-centered perspective. The experiment involved the adults found a similar relationship between moral identity, ethical behavior, and innate aggressiveness. A sort of people who scored low on their moral identity scale were more likely to say they cheated their employer in the past week than most passive types with similar moral, moral identity scores. In sum, the study found power doesn't corrupt. It heightens pre-existing ethical tendencies. Interesting. Which brings to mind another maxim from Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Okay. Interesting. That, that's kind of, I mean, kind of what we were just talking about is if you just get, if you, if you make those chairs more desirable, better people will be in it, then they will exude power in better, in better ways. Yeah. Huh. I was thinking that it was, that power just immediately corrupts as a human condition, but it's really that's why you have building good. upon what is already there inside you. Yeah. Yeah. Scoot up, man. Stay in the camera or I can adjust. Oh, yeah. I can adjust the camera if I need to. I'm going to sit that far on the table. No, I want to sit there right you here. Go. You look way better. This is perfect. I see your biceps. Awesome. You've been working out. Um, have you? Oh, absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think it's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of naive to just say that power power corrupts anybody. Like that power will corrupt anybody. That's what it that seems means. like the majority that's what happens. From my perspective, but I stand corrected. You know, it's built upon their moral guidance. Which that's that was morality is what we talked about last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz I mean some moral guidance isn't I mean, it doesn't align with other people's moral like moral guidance, and which goes back to what we talked about: objective truths. Yeah, if it's relative or not. Absolutely, and that's something I don't want to get no, into right no, now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! I feel like I got lost in a freaking forest of of, <laughs> of relative truth last time. No, but yeah, it was like ten layers deep. Three hours later, but I think that I think the real question is why why are are the people in power. Uh, executing their power in the ways that they're doing it right now like why, why is that what's the what's what's the causation because it's not it's not because they're in that role we know that i think some maybe some but i think that if you look so so this might be flaw, a flawed uh <laughs> this might be a flawed analogy but i feel like if you look at Let's say um, coaches, okay? Let's say, let's just say coaches on a general sense, all right? There's some of the best coach, they have, they're in a seat of power, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they have power over their team. They're in a higher position than their team. They can cut people or they can at least not play people. They can, they can, um, you know, um, they can exude power. There are very good coaches that are very successful, successful and, and win tons of championships and, you know, and exude their power in a correct way. Then there are very bad coaches that, that 
that are, that don't gain their players trust that don't that aren't able to connect with their with their team and that aren't able to put put the right pieces in the right and the players in the right places and 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 so why are there two two vastly different in the same job position why are there two vastly different um um com- uh, ways of competing i mean it's it, w- it's inside the person yeah it, i i would i would think it, yeah. it, it might be preparation it might be it might be um an innate sense of of being able to connect with people it might there might be tons of mm-hmm. different reasons for it but i think at the at the base raw form i think it is kind of a, a um a tendency of um your morals of your of your um ethical tendencies i think that's what it said i saw this a lot um when i was working like when i was working at um the house battles and the and then in the field initially and when you get so high up in the food chain you see a lot of these doctors uh just have power like they just like having that power there they think that they're gods and you know, they, they just kind of do it. And I, I wonder what that God factor, how, how important that is to understanding that you don't have all the power. There is something above you whenever you're understanding that there is a higher power above you. There's something to that. Absolutely. You know, well, it's like, it's like looking at a mountain. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like looking at the ocean. It's like when you kind of have a sense of humility and a sense of being, feeling humble when you are looking at something like, and I know what you, I know you're saying like higher power and that will almost humble you as well. But, it makes sense because there are physical things that you can look at to where you look at him. You're like, damn, I'm, I'm not as I'm, I'm not as, <laughs> I ain't as good as I once was. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that makes sense. Yeah. Now, what do you want to talk about? You oh. said you had a couple of things. You want to you bring out some notes. I have to get my, your sweater, your sweaters. They're pretty random, but let's see. Let's see if they work. Let's run with it. Do I get to Google some stuff? Maybe. Oh, so first of all, I wanted to ask a question. Oh, boy. It was... <laughs> this is super random. Where did all the spam calls go? I still get them all the freaking time. You get them? Oh, dude. I haven't gotten one in mo- in months and months and months. I don't know. Like, I get like three a day. You still get them? Yeah. So does everybody get them still? No, I think you did that to your own phone and then it didn't work because remember you had that person call you and then I've just been curious. Like it was a, Kaylee, it was a real problem for a while. No. Well, you can like get on the, like the, uh, robocaller thing and put your number in. I know, but it helps. I had done that and it just, it never, it never worked. And now I don't get any, I get them on the reg. Okay. Well, never mind. Good question. Next. (laughs) Um, Have you ever heard of prosoagnosio? Have you ever heard of that? Prosoagnosio? Prosoagnosio. I have not. Why don't you Google it? Just give it a Google. <laughs> kind of concerned. No, it's it's nothing. It's nothing inappropriate or bad or. Don't type in Penn Island though. Prosoagnosio. <laughs> you don't want to type in Penn Island. Agnosio. <laughs> if you do, just do private. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Have you ever heard of this? This one? Prozo, that's... Yeah, pag- pag- I heard a story about this. Prozopagnosia. 
Prosopagnosia. Yeah. So agnosio means it means the lack of, and then pregnosia is Greek for face. So it's a person that goes around their daily life every day and could meet someone a thousand times and never recognize them again. They have to continue to be introduced to them. And be able to recognize faces. But like, could they recognize voices? So voices help. But so this dude was in a relationship, right? And he didn't know. He was like, he was like, I didn't know that that uh, Fieldhouse Girl was the same as Library Girl was the same as uh, Coffee Shop Girl. Like, he didn't know that that he was talking to the same girl every time. But he knew that he had a connection with this. With like, he thought his it girlfriend? was a, he thought it was a bunch of different girls. No, 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 it wasn't his girlfriend yet. Oh. But but they eventually got into a relationship, and she would have to wear like the same. Like if they were going to have to meet up in public, she would have to wear like the same backpack or like the same hat or what something that that separates wow. her like from Dude, everybody else. Wild. I know it just it was just super interesting and I just never heard of anything like that like and that's it, wild. And it seemed pretty drastic because after they broke up, they did break up. Oh. <laughs> I need my sound effects panel. I know, but after they broke up, she would this is kind of low-key creepy but she would like he worked at a restaurant and he was a waiter and uh she would like go and and like sit. So she can win him back well no she was just like yeah she would sit and yeah just, i'm new <laughs> can you imagine and, and yeah, they, i've and had it, 10 girlfriends has been the one the whole time <laughs> and they interviewed this guy and he was like it, he had no idea like the, she they told him that she would do that and he as they were interviewing him he, he said he had no idea that she did that <laughs> I've never heard of this. I want to most random disease conditions. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I there's a couple other ones where it's like, uh, oh, that's a that's a good one where you can you can have a traumatic experience like getting a car accident or whatever, and it's it's a it's a brain disorder that that makes you speak like in a different accent. So I started like speaking Chinese accents. So it's like, oh, it's like an, uh, somebody in, yeah, it's like somebody in China <laughs> getting in an accident and then them talking in their language, but having like a, a person from Georgia's accent. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's like drastic like that. All right. Fatal familial insomnia makes people unable to ever sleep again. Sleep is so awesome. That most people do it every night, but for sufferers of fatal familial insomnia, a rare disorder inherited from a parent, it becomes impossible. As a result, people begin to experience paranoia, hallucinations, dementia, and it's like you, Brock. I was about to say, yeah. it sounds like, sounds like, uh, eventually die after months without sleep. Oh my gosh. No, wait, I'm the opposite. I sleep, I can sleep whenever. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have life familial insomnia. Yeah, that's my wife. That's like that. No, you're, you're going to die, Kaylee. <laughs> after months of no sleep and how does it happen a hereditary gene mutation is to blame hmm i feel like you would get a lot done in those months though like i feel like sleep i is don't a, think so i feel like sleep is a waste of a oh, big waste. like no. If, no but okay hear me out if you could so i know that sleep is like one of the most important things in the world so hear me out if you could take a pill or like take a, a shake or whatever that contains all of the nutrients and all of the gain that you would need to gain from, from an, an seven hours or nine hours of sleep. 
but you would never have to go to sleep, would you do it? Just so I could get more stuff done? Oh, yeah. Just so you, I mean, we'll, we're forced to only live like, if you get nine hours of sleep, I mean, there's a whole freaking, what is it, 13 hours? No, I'm bad at math. Fifth. <laughs> what are you trying to say here? I'm saying that would you, I feel like sleep is a big waste of time. It takes out a big chunk of our day. Oh, it definitely does. Don't get me wrong. A week, you would gain fifty six hours. hours a week. I know I gained a lot of time when I when Maul and I switched back. Like when I when we when I started being a stay home dad, mm-hmm. like I had so much energy. I was sleeping four or five hours a night, and that's how I was able to like I I got so much stuff done. Um, so say say it was like an experiment, but you couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> so this this is where it makes it weird. You couldn't tell anyone, and you were the only one that was doing it. Would you do it? Like would you just- maybe. I would do it for yeah, sure. Maybe I would do it. Well, I kind sure. of already did it. Like I cut my sleep nights in half when I wasn't working. But you felt like sh- you felt like no, I didn't. I did eventually. It for a while. Eventually, I did. That's what I'm saying. Eventually, after about th- six months. Well, yeah, and you. So with now, your, I wasn't like that every night. With your tainted brain, you probably didn't feel like you felt like shit in the moment because you had a tainted brain. But I'm telling you that you were not as you were not. <laughs> As capable as you would have if you were getting your whole night's sleep. I'm, it's just, it's maybe, the fact. Maybe. It's, I mean, I did a lot. I really, I mean, I did a lot. Well, that's because you're awesome. That's because you're freak. you freaking kill it and you're a hard worker and you're determined. Don't make me cry. But you would, <laughs> but you would be more. Maybe, yeah, with you're those. Right. Probably. probably. So you were probably like, I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> I mean, there were nights where I, I, there, I would go like a few nights with, you know, with, you know, four hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, it's been one night of uh, seven hours. I'd I'm catch up. I'm mostly just uh, projecting my um, my stress of sleep onto you because I, if yeah. I don't get a good night's sleep, I am a wreck. <laughs> That's Molly. I'm a wreck. <laughs> like I'm grumpy. I'm I'm moving slow. I am like I, and that's why I feel like it's such a waste of time because it wastes so much of my time. I feel like I get you'd so much. Surprised. Yeah, you, but you'd be surprised how much the body can actually like not have sleep for a long period of time it's it, it can be rough at times don't get me wrong um, but you kind of get used to like not having a lot of sleep and then once you get used to not having a lot of sleep once that's you, somebody that hasn't gotten a lot of sleep's logic but think <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you're right but that was that was like kind of toward the, the beginning of my adult life that I, you just don't get a lot of sleep let's look up sleep I, I, let's look it up let's look up like the let's look up i want to come back to this okay Oh, I've heard of that. Brewery syndrome? Oh, yeah. We were talking about that the other day. It's where it turns carbohydrates into... I've heard of that. ...into alcohol. Yes. That sounds awesome. Gut fermentation syndrome is a condition in which ethanol is produced through endogenous fermentation by fungi or bacteria in the GH system. So we're talking about sleep. What do you want to know about sleep? I don't know. Let's go back to the other thing. Sleep is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's still wasting my time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> aquagenic urticaria sufferers are allergic to water for people with aquagenic urticaria contact with water means breaking out in hives which makes daily tasks like showering a challenge and it gets worse people with the condition obviously have had to make serious life changes including adopting a vegetarian diet just to prevent their bodies from creating more oil uh, no one's really sure why this happens. The condition mainly affects women, but it's so uncommon that it's not well understood. The belief that it has to do with an allergic reaction to chemicals within water, such as fluoride, has been disproven. What about in the, that movie, um, <laughs> um, 
shit. It's the baseball movie where the guy's allergic to sunlight. Oh, <laughs> bench warmers. Bench warmers. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Alice in Wonderland syndrome. She's over here Googling stuff too. Thank you, Jamie. Alice. I've heard of this. Why have I heard of this, Alice? And it sounds like you're taking too much LSD. Not you, but I'm saying like, not you, but I'm, I'm saying not taking LSD. that sounds like what the syndrome would be. Oh, Alice in Wonderland syndrome, known as Todd syndrome or dysmetropsia, is a neuropsychological condition that causes a distortion of perception. People may experience distortions in visual perception of objects such as appearing smaller or larger or appearing to be closer or further away than they actually are. Macro, macropsia. Okay. Truth is definitely relative. <laughs> PubMed. Let's see what this uh, open access journal says. A historical medical review. Disorienting neurological condition that affects human perception to the senses of vision, hearing, touch, sensation, and the phenomenon of time. Oh, that sounds terrible. Individuals affected with Alice in Wonderland syndrome can experience alterations in their perception of the size of objects or their own body parts, known as metamorphosis. Metamorphosis? Metamorphosis. Oh, metamorphosis. Yeah. All the guys, I don't think they're mad and crazy. They might just have like a laughing sickness. What? Oh my gosh. We're just going to keep going. Laughing. Laughing. Oh, I can't spell. L A U. We're going to talk about good we things. We like talking about. These are great ones, though. <laughs> laughing sickness causes. Okay. Um, the laughing sickness disease, Puru, began when the villagers ate the brain of an ill dead patient who died with a sporadic Kreutzfeldt. Oh, it's prion's disease. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a Kreutzfeldt Jakob. Uh, yeah. The average incubation period of laughing sickness disorder is 10 to 13 years. It is a neurodegenerative disorder and, and is very rare and incurable. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically when you're cannibalizing. When you eat prions from what I, what it's saying. From your same, from your same. Uh, from an Ill, Ill person. From yeah. a brain. Eating a brain. Yeah. Um, laughing like CWD with deer. Yeah, it's it's all prions disease. Which there was a component with that with COVID too. I don't know if you knew that or not. There was a research article that came out. It was too. It it wasn't. It didn't get cited a lot, so they didn't really make waves in the community. But um, basically, the spike protein in this one article. Um, there's actually three. It was three different articles. The spike protein in this one article allows misholder prions to enter the blood brain barrier and so that's why so would that that would only be a problem if the prions entered the brain and then somebody ate the brain right it would everybody be has these prion like prions disease is just misfolded proteins of the brain okay emma emma floaty floatiac proteins or something like that um everybody has them it's just when they misfold and nobody know what knows why they misfold that's why zombie deer disease is a jump of Crutzfield Jacobs disease into the deer population. Yeah. And they're, they, they're scared <clears throat> that it could jump into, it's never jumped into a human, obviously, but not, not this version. Yeah. Yeah. But if there was going to be a, a disease that wiped out the entire world, it would be prion disease. It'd be a zombie apocalypse. That right? would be, that would cause it. Yeah. For sure. That's yeah. what that's based on basically. Right. Basically. Like a prion disease. But it was interesting how these, these two or three research articles got published. I made a video about it and it got banned. 
And I was like, oh, very interesting. Okay, noted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Group it, think. Yeah. <laughs> or just censorship. Uh, but yeah, basically, there was some research that did show how the spike protein did cause prions disease to enter the blood-brain barrier. And that's what some think are, is a reason why we have long COVID. Because a lot of the symptoms, and there was actually an outbreak in Canada recently of an unknown brain mutated disease uh, that they don't know why, but it did cause, I think it was it was death within a year or two, brain death. Just random. No, I'm just, I'm, so I'm still stuck on them publishing this and then you getting. I had to make another video about it. Banned. It may be gone. Let's see. Is it gone? That's an interesting idea. What? That science is so complicated that two scientists can can uh, publish um, some data on on a certain topic and it not be accepted by the scientific community or just the community in general. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting. Yeah, there it is. That's just an interesting um, relationship between science and it's scientists (laughs) science and his scientists you know what i'm saying though like why should you be able to why why should you be able to publish something if it's not going to be able to be accepted like you know like well it's like it's like where my brain goes it's like we're almost like i know science science is more complicated than we could ever discuss but it's almost like if if something if if somebody discovers something that can't be accepted then w- why are they even doing the work like why are they why, why are they studying it you know like it, well, a lot a lot of the major discoveries uh that came that today that we have everything from bacteria and germs and germ theory to the solar system being in and revolving around the sun that type of thing um was crucified basically in their era for no, presenting I, these ideas. Yeah, absolutely. But it did go through some of that peer review process. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were able to basically like, even though somebody has an article that they publish and it gets criticized extensively. That's what it's still, supposed it, to happen. It's, that's, it, exactly. It's supposed to go through it's that part filter of that peer of, review process. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a, fil- there's a filter of, of co- on the contrary, there's a, f- there's a filter of, of scientists that are out there. But what we're finding is that a lot of uh, medical journals are, not even allowing it those some articles to be published and posted. And I've seen that a few times. And because a lot of that there have been a few editorial science is racist. <laughs> they just like money, man. You know, they just follow the money. That's kinda like that's also why I, I I'm starting that other podcast. Um I, I think I'm calling the RJ Dive when I'm jumping into this the research announcement. I just said that last time. I talked about the last podcast. Oh, okay. Can you tell I listen. <laughs> a little snippet, you know, I can tell you love me. <laughs> um, but it, w- one of the things I'm going to do is just look at the author. Okay, here's the article. It's a really cool article. Let's see what they're tied to. <laughs> Let's look up there. Okay, they're at the University of this place. They got grants from Big Pharma, and they're doing a uh, hit piece on this drug. Maybe we shouldn't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Conflict of interest. It's called follow the money. Follow the money. So we'll see. What else are these unbelievably weird diseases? But I just feel like that happens so often. Like, yeah, like it, it's being accepted. Yeah, it's been accepted as a main, as, a, as the norm. And is that just because the 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 academic journals, the the people that are 
is it is it because of wokeness basically wokeness is pretty pretty new um comparatively this, no, no, no. This I, stuff has been going on for long, long, long longer. Well, no, I, I understand that, but I'm saying why why is it getting so narrowed to where something that is could be widely accepted not being even published or even Because it like I said before, it threatens worldview. Anything that it threatens a person's worldview cannot be in this in their world. That's why there's a hundred different worldviews and that's why there's conflict all over the place, which in sociology, conflict theory is what some people think drives society. Like you can't move without conflict theory. Yeah. And so if you look at the hundred or plus different worldviews that our society does have, it's kind of the main driving factor. Yeah. But if you're not allowing some worldviews, then. Then it creates conflict. Well, isn't that unhealthy conflict? But we're getting lost in tra- We're getting <clears throat> lost in the weeds. But. Huh? But I do have something else real quick. Okay. We are running uh, out of time. Have you ever heard of a prison prisoner's dilemma? No. Look that up. Prisoner's Dilemma. Okay, they did text you some fun facts. I'm about to look at them. I don't even have my phone. Ow. Prisoner's Dilemma is a standard example of a game analyzed in game theory that shows you why two completely rational individuals might not cooperate, even if it appears that it is their best friend, it is in their best interest to do so. It was originally framed by Merrill Flood and Melvin Drescher while working at Rand in 1950. So look up up Prisoner's Dilemma and then look up Golden Ball. Golden Ball, like together? Mm -hmm. I believe that's what it's called. I can't remember. This one? Yeah. This is so super interesting. So basically this this is a game show that at the end of the game show, the two people that have, that have got, reached the end have a decision. Like there's a decision to make. So they can either, they have to like reveal if they're going to split it, split the money or if they're going to, if, if they're going to steal the money. So they each have an option split or steal. If they both pick split, then they're both going to split it. But if the, if one of them picks steal, then that person gets all the money. And if they both pick steal, then they get nothing. It's kind of like a Squid Game. That's kind of what happened similar to the internet. Yeah. Did you little, ever watch that? I, yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. But in this, so there was a, there was a guy that was like a professional game, game show guy. Like a warden, game warden. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, he went on there and, because you get to talk before you make decision, you get to communicate. That's the whole deal. You get to talk before you make decision. So it, it's it. This guy was like, "I don't care what you're what you picking. I'm picking steel. Like I'm good to go home with nothing. I'm picking steel. So you better pick. You better pick. Uh, you better pick split. Or you better. If, and then he said, he said, I don't care what you pick. I'm picking steel. And if you have to trust me that we'll meet afterwards and we'll split the money and I'll split it with you. If you pick split, I'll split it with you. Oh, sorry. And he was like, and so by the end of it, this guy, they were went back and forth for like 45 minutes because, because that guy had to pick, he had to trust him mm-hmm. that he was going to pick split. Cause he this guy was like the, the main guy was like, I'm, I'm going to pick steel no matter, no matter what you do, no matter what you say right now, I'm going to pick steel. And he kept saying it. I'm going to pick steel. I'm going to pick steel. I'm going to pick steel. And he was like, and he I, didn't pick steel at the end. 
Well, the, so he forced the guy to pick split. He forced him to pick split, basically, because that was the only option he had. Uh, if he picked steel, then they went home with nothing. So he forced the guy to pick split, and he ended up picking split. And so they just split it right there on the... On the wow. Yeah. So it was like, it was the psychology... That, that, yeah. It's interesting like to put it in the hands of two people like and seeing how they... Because there was one where it was a girl and a guy, like this sweet little, little like, it was like my wife size, five foot nothing, and this big old burly guy, and the and she was like, and they they talked and they were like, they were both like, I have a moral obligation to pick split, like I want I I want to pick like people would never look at me the same if I pick steel, they would never like I would go home and everybody would hate me for picking steel. And uh, that's what they were both saying. And the big burly guy, mean looking dude, picked split, and the little the little girl picked steel, and she took all the money. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it was just it's an interesting sci- uh, psychology <clears throat> experiment, like of like how people base their yeah. And I, I don't think we ever will know like what a person is capable of until you're in that position. Yeah, which is I think you know whenever you have a uh, show like um, what's that? Zombie show, like the 10, what? Ten million seasons. Uh, the zombie show. Why am I going? Back oh, here? The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. And you see at the very beginning how people react. Like they're great people, and in typical society, when there's typical constructs, and everybody feels safe and secure. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that safety and security goes away, you figure out what decisions people are willing to make. Yeah, absolutely. It's just dangerous. It's when you're uncomfortable, you make the worst. I mean, you make decisions that are more beneficial to yourself usually it's survival of the fittest yeah should we go through these quick facts real quick yep and then we'll wrap, wrap it, up. it up i mean you're the boss i'm just a, just the uh, it's a good time guess about we're hitting about an hour so you ready yep so interesting fact number one from kaylee parker roller coasters were invented to distract americans from sin did you know that what's the source so this source kaylee, is what's the source yeah, what is i can't read it it's rd.com i don't know what that is rd.com we're gonna fact check you here it's a random douche.com <laughs> <laughs> roller coasters made you want me to read the explanation yeah so it says in the 1800s hosiery businessman lamarcus thompson hated that americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons and brothels so he set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places he could think of coney island in new york (laughs) there he built america's first roller coaster to give new yorkers some good clean fun away from the seedier pastimes this is the scariest roller coaster in every state oh yo that's wild that is crazy it was basically yeah it was a distraction okay there you go it is wild all right number two um dunce caps Used used to be signs of intelligence. Dust caps, dunce caps, dunce. like dunce hats, like like we go sit in the court corner and wear a dunce hat. Oh yeah. So it says, 13th century philosopher John Duns Scotus believed that a pointed hat would help spread knowledge from the tip of to the brain, and his Dunsman followers wore them as a badge of honor. Huh? They look like. Uh, Ah, I was going to say something inappropriate. Um, <laughs> yeah, that looks ridiculous. It does not look intelligent at all. It looks like it looks like they could use their heads as weapons. 
<laughs> Number yeah, three. Probably because they look like idiots. Uh, I can see that. Okay, number three. Adolf Hitler was... Oh, that's a hot topic. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, you're going to make me something say something good about Hitler. Um, Adolf Hitler was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yep. I knew that. Yeah. Makes sense. He had, you know, ideas. <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't, I didn't say they were good ideas. I did not say they were good ideas. Yeah. I said he had ideas. Uh, it's the truth. Yeah, he just had ideas. A lot of ideas. You know, he's very, very, very strong opinion on his ideas. Obviously. Okay. Wow. My mind's blown. We can't end on a Hitler one. Keep um, going. One more. This is fun fact number four to end your night. Well, day. Whatever. Fancy riding on bikes is illegal in Illinois. Fancy? Would you like to know what fancy riding is? Yes. Okay. Let me tell you. That includes riding without hands or taking your feet off the pedals when you're on the street. Don't miss the other dumbest laws in all the 50 states. I just read something that had nothing to do with this. Well, I know that there's uh, whale fishing is illegal in Oklahoma. Wow. Really? That's a law that I knew in grade school do you know what i'm glad about what i'm glad that fancy podcasting is not illegal in texas because i feel like this podcast was a little wheels off <laughs> this is fun man absolutely fun. absolutely thanks for time. coming on man absolutely bye